<laughs> yeah, like a big, yeah, like a big cauldron just on fire in the middle of your living room. Hello, I'm Justin. I'm Mark. And I'm Joe. We're the J-Pops, and we are attempting parenting in Japan. Welcome to episode 79. Oh, it's 79. Uh... Today, we're going to talk a little bit about the autism spectrum disorder, a light and fun topic that should be very interesting. But first, Ooh. how about some updates? Joe, how you doing? Uh, hello, I'm Joe. Joe is back. Oh, I should say, um, this episode's a little weird. Justin is in America right now and can't find the internet, so he's going to do it. some recording yeah, he's in he's Kentucky, where I think they still have 2G, maybe. They only have it in fried chicken joints. Oh, that's right. Just yeah. the colonel has the internet access. And yeah. Justin's vegetarian, so he cannot access it. And the colonel's drunk anyway, so he's 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 fighting. He's, in a, he's fighty drunk. That's true. So. But he is going to send us some... Uh, some of his updates and some Japanese of the day. And I will sprinkle those throughout the episode as it seems fitting. I'm glad you said I will, because that means I'm not going to be editing. Yes. No, no. I assumed I would be doing this edit and you will get next week, next time. Yay. Okay. Well, Joe, how about you lead us off with some updates and tell us how little Yuki's doing. Very little, yes. Her her teeth that I mentioned last week are now the top two. Back inside. Are, they went back. Yeah, they've, they've come back inside. <laughs> they saw the natto and they retreated. No, As they, we all they're, do. Uh, <laughs> they, they are, they're out. They're out and proud. Oh. Hanging down there. Um, just nice. the top two, top two central teeth just kind of coming out there. Okay. Um, oh, but, but I suppose... Bigger than that, I, I guess she's kind of getting good at standing up using oh, yeah? like the sofa or my belly or my beard, nice. you know, whatever she can get hold of. She can pretty yeah. much get herself from the floor to standing position. Wow. And then she can sit from there as well. Wow, um, that's great. Yeah, Is there any climbing. striding? Is she like going side to side along things yet? This morning, she did a very little bit of that. Oh. So I don't think it's far away. That's cool. And she's getting she's getting very good at reaching and grabbing things, mm. like computers and, you know, so coffee cups yeah. and whatnot need to be pushed yeah. back a little bit on the coffee table and stuff like that. So that that is, yeah. uh, <laughs> that's an impending... Sort of that safe zone thing. on tables just keeps getting bigger and or smaller and smaller, where you have yeah. to like keep pushing stuff out of the way. I find, and uh, and then eventually they can just climb on a table, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. And all bets are off at that point, just grease yeah. your tables, <laughs> basically. <Yeah. laughs> um, so which is good, and, and also she's she's getting quite expressive with her facial features. Nice. So, she's always been pretty expressive, I feel like. Yeah, I think maybe she's she's increasing her repertoire. Oh, okay. So she started doing this face. Joe so, is doing a surprise face with eyebrows up right now. 
Yeah, that's about it. It's, a, it's sort of like, imagine you were given a very sour sweet uh, okay. bit of candy, and, and you go, ooh. And it's Shocked that kind to the of, senses. Yeah, yeah. Or you stub your toe. You know, it's like the, ooh, uh, first lips, mouth, small, yeah. mouth hole, eyes, eyebrows raised, kind of. <laughs> hmm. That's cool. Look. Yeah. So I think, you know, getting getting um getting toothier, getting standier, mm. and getting getting cheekier and, and more expressive since Sounds last like time we spoke. Good way to be progressing as a baby. Yeah, she's 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 doing all right. Uh still still loves to throw that spoon as oh. far as she can during mealtimes. <laughs> Do you have a gauge like, oh, she made it two meters today? <laughs> um, no, but uh, on the wall nearby, the the sort of milk, uh, the milk stains are getting higher. So she's, oh, I see. she's throwing that cup onto the floor with greater force and determination. Uh. Um, <laughs> we do wipe them off, by the way. We just it's not just left there. <laughs> Even so, you know, it sticks it sticks along in the memory. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Nice. Yes. Um, how about your two? Uh how are they getting them? They're doing all right. Uh I'll start with Emma. Emma mm -hmm. had her first rollover yesterday. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I want to say yesterday. And nice. uh, I caught the second one on video. Oh, sweet. Oh, that's okay. I think I, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. The first one, Moe didn't see, but she saw uh -huh. the aftermath. So she was putting clothes away and Emma was on the floor, like face up. And then suddenly she turned around and <laughs> Emma's on the floor face down. And she's like, what? <laughs> and then she didn't do it again. Come here. <laughs> yeah. And then it was like five hours later. I was watching her and she did it again in front of me, but I didn't have my phone ready. So then I was like scrambling and stuff. So it's terrible parenting, Mark. You've got to have your phone ready at all times. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. <clears throat> That's quite early, isn't it? Five months to be rolling Is over. It? I forget. I don't know. Well, I... Mm. yeah. Yuki was, I think, six months. So it's you know it's not a great deal of difference really. Well, she's I mean she's nearly six months. She's over five and a half months now. Right. Okay. So it's fine. right at right at that line. Yeah. Aha. Uh -huh. yeah, so it, it's only a matter of time before you're in the same boat as me again. Uh, yeah. Again. Uh, she's also doing um, solid foods now. Yeah, we got her on. Uh, rice, not like solid, solid foods, but like the pureed rice and pureed right. carrots. And uh, yesterday She's she not had the pumpkin. Toffee, yeah. No. No toffees. Yeah. No, no Jolly Ranchers, anything yeah. like that. But rice uh, she is doesn't, a good step. Yeah, it is. She doesn't like carrots so far, but she likes pumpkin. So okay. we're, finding, we're finding stuff. It's not a color issue then. It's not a color issue. It's definitely taste. Is she onto the natto? Talking of natto, <clears throat> I think it's too early for natto. I think you have to be eighty. Isn't that eighty? Eighty? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, maybe a little early then. 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, one more thing about Emma before I move on to Coda is uh, she had her BCG vaccine this week. And uh, oh, yeah, I guess it was terrible. She cried for like 10 minutes straight. I didn't go. Um, I had to get Coda and I was finishing up some work at the house. So it was just Moe. But I guess she cried straight for 10 minutes. Whoa. And Emma has this yeah. cry that's like it goes from zero to 10. There's nothing in between. So it's like somebody's murdering her in the worst yep. way possible or she's completely happy. Right. And yep. yeah. There's no buildup. No, there's no buildup. It's just sudden and shrieky. <laughs> <laughs> mm. uh, but she doesn't cry that often, thankfully. So she's pretty good. But obviously you get poked with 18 needles. You're going to cry. That's that's not um that's not that's no biggie is it 18 needles it's all right isn't it it seems like a lot easy come on if justin were here baby. he'd probably say he'd pass out <laughs> yeah he would yeah he, he would definitely he'd, he'd pass out at the sight of the 18 needles they're Maybe. all in a, a little sort of a little rose shape oh it's not actually is it anymore it's like a square isn't it it's a, yeah it's like a square stamp yeah yuki still the has stamp. a scar like it's still pretty visible on her arm. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Coda's is I don't pretty think faint. It's gonna go away, right? Maybe it'll take a bit longer. Maybe like in a year's or yeah, like, yeah, a year's time it'll yeah it'll have gone. Yeah, but you see so. people who are adults with little dimples. You can clearly see. Where, yeah, where it's true. Yeah, so you know it's it. a pretty. It's a pretty invasive thing that she's had. No wonder she cried. Yeah, really, really. Um, what else? Uh, she, yeah, daycare enrollment happened, so we're going in September. We're gonna start her in, but they have to do it now because it's like the first of the year, which is weird. Sorry. So she's gonna I... have her her ceremony for that soon. <laughs> okay, I, I really thought you said dick enrollment. <laughs> and I was trying to think, like, you, you have to enroll. The... <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Nice. Daycare. Nice. And Daycare. Daycare. Right, right, right. Joe, sorry, go on. Get your mind <laughs> I, out of it. It's a, it's a completely different thing that was <laughs> up in my mind. Go, uh, go on. Uh, okay, I'll go on and I'll move on to Coda. Coda had a big, big week. Uh, we've been worried for some time, and I've mentioned it before that um, we've had concerns about like developmental disorders and potentially autism. And we finally took him to an assessment uh, where Moe took him down, and it was kind of him and her playing with uh, the doctor there. And this is a doctor for autism, so that their their role is just kind of figuring out whether or not the kid falls onto the autism spectrum. Mm -hmm. And I guess the doctor said, based on their experience and the hundreds of kids they've seen come through there, that it's likely Coda does fall on the spectrum in some ways or another. Um, they're not sure how he'll develop eventually, but right now it's, yeah, there are like the lack of eye contact or interest in other people or, uh, no verbal communication or like pointing. So yeah, there are there are a lot of telltale signs that they say. Right. 
but at this stage they can't indicate to you exactly sort of where on the spectrum he might fall it's just these are the early signs that he may be on the spectrum right. yeah i think everything i've read seems to indicate that like four-ish is the age where you can gauge that stuff mm -hmm. where anything before two it's more just like yeah these are indicators but it's not like a full diagnosis yeah yeah exactly <clears throat> he's not yet ah, god i'm casting my mind back yeah uh, let's see like 15 years to my undergraduate degree mm. um and the critical stage of development is i think underway but also lasts for a while yet like um linguistically it won't be until uh, after he's seven it's like up till sort of 12 years old you're still developing linguistically oh yeah so you know anything to do with how he's speaking or or lack mm. it could change right. um suddenly you know it wouldn't it could just even be like overnight he just suddenly comes out and says yeah exactly could you pass the salt yeah <laughs> you know uh not that he should be having a lot of salt at his age no i'm um, trying to limit it <laughs> um, yeah but it's uh yeah i mean autism is like uh there's a lot of different things but a lot the one of the main components is like a, a lack of interest in social interaction and mm -hmm. you know verbal communication is a tool for social interaction so for a yeah. lot of these kids who don't develop it they just don't see a need because it's like hey i get i get food my dad holds me we get watch some tv i go to daycare diapers changed i'm set <laughs> yeah yeah what do i need to do now yeah exactly yeah so it'll likely develop yeah. more as he gets older and realizes he needs more things <laughs> yeah and also as i understand it his daycare is quite big am i right quite a lot of kids it's a there. good size yeah there's different age groups from you know the zero to one all the way up to the classic kindergarten right before first grade and so I think, how many you know, kids are there roughly one to 200 I, i'd assume Ooh, okay quite a few that's quite big <clears throat> yeah because his that, individual that... class in his age group i think has like 10 to 15 okay and that's the okay. one to two year old range maybe up to yeah 20 ish i guess so that's 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 fairly large i would say yeah yeah there's a lot of going ons in there so those that kind of situation for a lot of children young children it, it can be overwhelming or right you know it's it's very easy to in that, if you're not like naturally extremely sociable, mm. even at that age, it's it's kind of a difficult thing to yeah um, to be thrust into it, you know. And so, for a lot of children, probably, and I'm not basing this on any kind of research. I'm just uh, <laughs> sort of using a vague memory of, of child development, yeah, and my own ideas. But I could easily imagine that withdrawing is is easier and when there's toys to play with you know and maybe you're not getting a lot of attention from the teachers because there's so many ch other children that it's it's he, easy to yeah. just kind of yeah withdraw and, and 
and play with the toys and not really interact. Yeah, I don't know that he's... I don't know how he feels about it one way or another, but I know he does prefer playing with stuff to people. Although he does have one favorite teacher there that he does spend the most time with, and I think he kind of monopolizes her time. Okay. Because if there's any sort of like group activity going on where they have to all like kind of be paying attention and sitting, we always see pictures of like her holding him. Right. Okay. Well, that's good that she's that he's got someone there who he does trust and kind of feel comfortable with. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Which is probably most likely. And that's the, the caregiving sort of person. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think it's good. I think it's definitely helpful. Um, a couple of things that came out of that assessment meeting, though, it's um, it's kind of a weird system. So we took him to the assessment. They do it. They make their diagnosis as best they can. And then the next step would be to get him into a once a week parent, teacher, child class. Mm-hmm. And that's called a Rio Iku. And yeah. uh, that won't be able to start until I think they said July-ish. Because it's just there's no space. Oh, okay. And so once we get him in that similar issues, then no, no, I guess it's really busy there. Yeah, yeah, and maybe not that many people working there. Uh, Yeah, it's probably a combination of those factors. Mm -hmm. But once we get him in that class, then that class will last for a year, and it Uh it serves as kind of like a development class but also an assessment class to see if he needs like more intensive developmental classes beyond that year or if he can just enter back into the regular daycare system at that point right so we've okay. got we've got a long road of this kind of ahead of us right now yeah would you prefer i mean obviously you'd prefer him to not have to have the developmental classes and and be <clears throat> and be not autistic but if the if he you know remains um di- sort of diagnosed as being on the scale somehow on the spectrum right would you rather that he he kind of went back into the the normal school system on a with a sort of low level autism that he can manage or mm. would you rather that in the same situation he continued with developmental classes? Do, do you see what Man. I'm saying? So, yeah, yeah, I get you. I don't know what I would prefer to be honest, because like any research I do online, it's always, you know, these are always you're always reading other people's accounts of their experience. So it could just be like somebody had a bad experience, somebody had a good experience. But it's like a lot of what I read when people on the spectrum enter the Japanese school system, they ha- they have a real struggle with it because either they're really good at some things and really bad at other things, but the school doesn't allow for any flexibility. Like they can't jump mm-hmm. ahead if they were really good at anything. So they got to stay right. in there. And then, you know, what happens likely is like a lot of, a lot of the kids don't socially interact well. And Mm. Japanese schools are very, very, you know, social interaction focused where you have like your, your, your whole lunch is set up kind of around this idea where it's like everybody eats together in the classroom, serves each other, cleans together, you know, so there's, 
more instance of potential for bullying in those cases. Yeah, I can easily imagine. And also he's dealing and, with uh, being yeah. mixed race as well. Right. So I don't know. I mean, maybe, I mean, on one hand, I feel like it would be good to, to have the developmental class. But on the other hand, like, I feel like that really limits him in life too, because then in Japan, maybe he's like, put into this category of, oh, he's a special needs person, so mm -hmm. he can't do what normal people can. Whereas, you know, yeah. I'm sure at some point he'll just be totally fine, but maybe he's pigeonholed by this classification somehow. So I don't know. I'm sure, I, I worry I'm both sure. ways. Yeah, I, I'm sure that he will be totally fine. I don't think yeah. there's any doubt about that. Um, whether he's, you know, able to um just be a regular student in a school or if he needs extra help he'll he'll be fine either way but uh yeah but, i see i see what you mean there's there's a lot of there's a lot of people in japan who i i believe haven't been diagnosed and yeah. continue perfectly normally with perfectly yeah good lives yeah <laughs> Um, who have or haven't, I don't know. I mean, obviously, I don't know. Yeah, um, I think so. I think Japan lends itself pretty well to people doing their own thing. Mm. And I think that's why a lot of, like, typically, like, introverted people migrate to Japan. Yep. Because it's easier to kind of just be in your own space and, you know, yeah. go about yeah. your business. But it's like jobs and schools and social interactions these things that uh i think yeah. are going to be the biggest struggle well you'll you'll cross those bridges when you come to them i guess you know it's, yeah um, first things first get him these classes find out what, yeah for sure you know what what the situation is before worrying about anything in the future yeah absolutely mm. Uh, oh, I should also say, I didn't mention anything. He just turned 23 months, so I'm going to have a two-year-old soon. Running oh, yes. That's right. Yeah. In fact, we're going to have a joint birthday party, aren't we? We are, yeah. It's going to yeah. be pretty great. Toda and Yuki both aging at similar rates, I guess. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Land landmark similar rate aging. Yes. Is that what they call it? <laughs> Is it? Is that I've never heard it. <laughs> I have no idea. I guess. I guess at this point we should probably um, drop in Justin's updates if he sent. Yeah. Them. Yeah. Um, okay, Justin, take it away. Welcome to Justin's portion of this episode of the J Pops. Um, I got a few things to cover here. First of all, the updates. Nico is two. The unborn child is 21 weeks, and all of us are in the United States of America, specifically Kentucky. We're here visiting the family. And uh, I guess the most relevant update is that we took about a, you know, 24-hour door-to-door trip with a two-year-old, and I have to say that it was a lot easier when he was six months uh, and then when we did it on the return trip that time, he was 11 months. Both of those were much, much easier than having a two-year-old. I think the main issue is that he wants to kind of 
express his own will in terms of, you know, he wants to feed himself, wants to pick up his own cup, wants to get up down and play when he wants, that sort of thing. And that made the trip over a little bit more tearful than the first time around, a little more difficult. Um, but he is TV obsessed, so he had his own seat this time. At two years old, they have to get their own seat. So he had his own screen, and we went through the kids' menu of movies and TV shows, and they had Minions. That's his favorite of all time right now. Uh, I actually bought some headphones for the flight, some little toddler headphones so that he could uh, watch movies and so forth. So we got him in his seat, put the headphones on him, and he reached up and tore the headphones right off. He was not used to the headphones. They were not comfortable for him, so he was ditching those things. So uh, within a couple of minutes, you know, tried to put them on, took them off again, put them on again, took them off again. And I was like, you know what? If you're fine with no headphones, go for it, my man. So he watched the silent movie version of Minions three times on the flight. That's four and a half hours of no audio Minions. And he stared at the screen and he giggled at their antics. He loved it regardless. So sound was not a requirement for this two-year-old to be entertained for hour upon hour. Um, other than that, he slept a little, not as well as I would have thought. Um, he had his own seat, and you know, two-year-old in a plane seat is very spacious. But still, he couldn't really get comfortable. If he tried to roll over, he would fall on the floor, so we had to keep grabbing him and, you know, shuffling him around. Uh, but, you know, all things come to an end, and that flight did as well, thankfully. We got back, uh, we got into Kentucky. It took maybe three, four days to adjust, but now he's, his jet lag is past us. And um, all of us are on a good schedule now, so no trouble really. It's all going pretty smoothly. Um, aside from, one thing I should mention, his uh, constipation came roaring back, and I believe it's because we kind of got off our, all of our regular routines. So as we sit right now, we're on a day six, maybe a day seven, with no significant pooping from this two-year-old. And uh, we're getting worried about it now. We've given him some uh, various types of suppositories that we found for children here in the U.S. Nothing's really worked. Uh, we've gotten into the you know, prune extract juices and potions and non-FDA-approved unsanctioned medicines, uh, which generally for children, you know, you can't give them strong active ingredients, so then the market's flooded with kind of, uh, not really herbal, but just more like, here's some vegetables and, and fruits mixed together, and it's $15, that kind of a thing. So we're pumping them full of that, but no results yet. Uh, we're right on the fence of, should we take this child to a doctor and pay, um, you know, for the rest of our lives, pay back the loan for visiting a doctor in the United States? Um, we're thinking about that every day, and it might come to it. So, that's the bridge we're currently trying to cross. And hopefully the latest round of prune juices and fiber cookies, uh, etc. suppositories, maybe that'll all work and he'll be fine. But he's a little bit worried about his poo situation. Um, that's all I've got for updates, really. And we're back. <laughs> Thanks, Justin. <laughs> That was so interesting, Justin. I, I couldn't believe the thing you said about how much Nico's developed in particular. <laughs> and the and the stuff about America. Yeah. His first gun? Really? <laughs> oh, I'm not sure about that. But you know, each to their own. 
Okay, anyway, well, let's move on to uh, Sigmenton. And let's continue the conversation about um, the autism spectrum. I would enjoy nothing more than to continue to talk, okay. talk about that. I guess, well, let's take a step back then maybe and uh, let's define it a little bit. So mm-hmm. it's typically referred to as ASD. And that stands for Autism Spectrum Disorder. Mm-hmm. And that covers a series of uh, neurological and developmental disorders that begin usually in childhood and last a lifetime. Okay. And so- it's uh, I've been reading a lot about it. I haven't really seen like the best way to to label somebody with it other than to say a person with ASD. So I think that's what I'll just say from now on, just to maybe not try to offend anybody or use any terms that okay, people yeah. don't like yeah yeah that's a good um that's a good so thing. asd is characterized by having three uh main areas typically deserve observed before three years age um, difficulties in these three areas before three years of age those are social interaction verbal non-verbal communication and restrictive repetitive and stereotyped interests activities or behaviors Okay, so when you say stereotyped, you don't mean everybody who people think that people who have uh, ASD do these things. It's it's more like they get interested in one thing in particular. Is that? What that yeah, means? yeah. So I mean, they, they there's a range. That's why it's called a spectrum because a person with ASD could have different interests from another person with ASD. They could have more severe. Um, uh, what's further further on the spectrum? Yeah, yeah, yeah. More severity versus less. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, their interests vary in different things. Like some enjoy so- social interaction with close groups of friends. Some do not with anybody. And so, yeah, yeah, it's hard to tell. Uh, the Which yes. is kind of the same for everybody as well. I, you know, introvert, yeah. extrovert is, is, is a thing. You know, you get, you get your... Um, you get yeah. your power from interaction with others or, or you get your power from being alone. I've realized yeah. lately about myself that I need alone time, like desperately need alone mm. time. Uh, when you suddenly have two kids running around your house and you're just, and you're also yeah. working from home, you realize you have zero alone time and, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it creates a lot of stress. So I definitely fall into this category of, uh, being more introverted and not liking to be around as many people. Yeah. And I completely understand message received. <laughs> Joe, Joe, that uh, was for you. Yeah. No, but it's true. It's true though. I mean, even in my, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I think I'm perceived as a very extrovert person. Um, I would, but yeah, actually, I would think so. Yeah. But I, I'm actually quite an introvert. I'm the mm. same as you. I need to be alone. Uh, and that's where I gain my, my strength, my kind of energy is from being alone. Yeah. And then I use it all when I'm with people. Yeah. And then I'm exhausted. <laughs> yeah. Afterwards. That's uh, a good whereas, that's a good way to describe it for sure. Yeah. Whereas an extrovert gets energy from being with people. And yeah. Then, and then feels kind of drained when they're alone. Um, yeah. It's it's classic teacher. You know, teacher is a classic introvert because oh. it's a very lonely job. It's just, yes, you're talking to students, but they're they're just 
they're just pawns in your in your introvert. <laughs> Basically, Justin you're would love the, the pawn reference as, as a teacher. So I hope he enjoys <laughs> yeah, but that. I just want to just want to make it very clear. That's P A W N. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you, you're you're alone at the front of the class as the staff. Yeah, yeah. So you don't have to interact with anybody else who's a peer. Every, all, right. all the people there are students who are massively inferior right. to you. Anyway, they're your minions, and you tell the them minions. what to do. Yes. Exactly. So, uh, sorry, I derailed you slightly there. Please continue. No, you actually made teaching sound more appealing somehow. <laughs> teaching te- teachers are generally introverts, and I will—that's the hill I am prepared to die on. Okay. <laughs> uh, since Justin's not here to argue with you, I will agree. Yeah. <laughs> um, one interesting thing I was reading about um, people with ASD is the prevalence between countries and i'm just speaking between uh us and japan i have no idea what it is in england or anywhere else in europe it probably better but anyway go on <laughs> well okay uh so a recent study i was reading said that a one in 37 people fall on the spectrum at some point mm-hmm. in america and in japan that number is one in 55 and I don't know if there's like some biological component or if it's more of a testing and assessment because America is pretty thorough with their with their testing and assessment. And if I know if people show signs in school, teachers will likely say, hey, do you need assistance or should we get you something? Whereas in Japan, I feel like that does not happen as much. Maybe. Um, yeah. And also there's the stigma. And the stigma. So there's a lot of people who might not do it just because they're like, oh, I don't I don't want my kid to be labeled. Yeah, exactly. So I wouldn't read too much into those figures. Yeah, I just thought it was interesting. Uh, Right now, there's not much in terms of treatment for people who fall on the spectrum at all or people with ASD. Um, Mm -hmm. It's more of a about maximizing quality of life and um finding ways to help people integrate as much as they can, I guess. There's a few Uh different assessments out there that are kind of controversial. One is called ABA, and it's the Autism Behavioral Assessment. And it's a therapy that kind of focuses on, I don't want to say training, but I don't know if there's a better way, but like training autistic people to function according to social norms and standards oh right i see conditioning so yeah maybe conditioning Mm. um i've read a lot both ways about it some people really dislike it some people find it very useful Mm -hmm. and perhaps it depends on the person and how where they fall on the spectrum i don't know and i don't know if they do that in japan yet from everything i've read i don't see any mention of it so i don't think they follow that mm, type of therapy okay. interesting that, uh, but that sounds oh no that, that just just reminds me of of something um that i learned which is about doing being so uh you know when you <laughs> when you when you're in different circumstances you are you are doing being that thing so like um Justin's going to love this. (laughs) (laughs) 
So if you're if you're if you're meeting with let's say a company boss, for example, and you know uh, you're 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 being very deferential and polite and yeah. meek and whatever, you are doing being that. You are doing okay. being polite and deferential. That's not what you're thinking or how you're feeling. Right. You right. just want to you know be normal. Um, yeah, for yourself, but you're doing being polite or if you're talking yeah. to you know your wife's mother you're doing being polite or whatever so right. um i i'm i'm doing being not making horrible jokes uh right now you're doing kind you're of... doing okay at it <laughs> <laughs> i'm not really good at doing being not good at making <laughs> bad jokes but i think you know i think you're right that especially in japan that's a really big part of life yeah cuz they so have it, that kind of they have a term for like your outside face and your inside face yeah yeah exactly and so yeah i think there's so something to that here training or conditioning uh anybody to be better at doing being something <laughs> right is is i don't know if it's it's not necessarily a bad thing if they're not well, naturally think, able to do that you know i think the difference though in why people dislike it specifically that ABA therapy mm. is um is the choice of it. Mm, 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 mm. So when I think most people go around doing being things in public versus private, uh they're making that conscious choice. Like yeah. I want to do this to, you know, get a promotion at work. I want to do this to whatever yeah. be better at school. Uh when when people with ASD are brought into that therapy, it's like takes away that choice or that mm -hmm. natural tendency, I guess, to yep. what they want to do and think they should do mm -hmm. and makes the choice for them. And I think that's kind of the issue with it. Yeah. Yeah. I see that. Interesting. Yeah. We'll see as it goes. I have no idea where, how the, the development classes will develop him or what process <laughs> they'll use it in that mm. so we'll see i'll have many updates in months great content mark you know really you're welcome here here <laughs> all really gone up. here all morning yeah you've got you've gone <laughs> you've really gone all out on that one i mean you didn't have to do that but nice nice work all right uh, well now that i've you know i've clearly talked as much as I can about that and explained it in as thorough detail as possible. Why don't we move on? Uh, what's next? Um, a little my question for you. Sure. So you got a question this week, Joe? I do. I do. Um, it's a biggie, but it's a smallie. So we'll see how you answer it. Uh, okay. I'm in the in the process of possibly buying a house at the moment. Right. And as you know, off, off air. And we just found out yesterday that the building that we are looking to buy is fairly heavily insulated with asbestos. Ouch. Uh, yeah. Ouch. It's all sort of contained in the ceiling and shouldn't pose any kind of health threat but it's the worst 
kind of asbestos. It, it, it's it's the category one. It's a spray on. Um, mm. So at least it's not it's not it's not the flaky one or the or the right. pebbly one. Um, right. But this house that we're looking to buy is a sort of once in a lifetime type purchase. And my question for you is in two parts. Um, mm. What is what is where is the line for you between sort of safety for your family, your children, and the enjoyment that you could come that you could benefit from from like living in an amazing house? That's the first part. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll I'll leave it at that for now. Okay. Um. I guess, I mean, if it's like a choice between living in like a actually a house that's on fire versus the safest house in the world, I'm going to lean towards the safest house in the world. And I feel like okay. house containing asbestos is more in the house on fire side of safety. Okay. I like would a fire not pit, but in the living room. That is safe. Okay. That is contained. The house itself is not on fire. Okay. So yeah, I guess mm. that's a that's a level of danger that I I accept. We have a fireplace, a wood stove in the in the living room. Oh no, I I meant like a fire pit. Oh, like a, a cauldron <laughs> type. Oh, like the you Japanese know, like irori, like. The sand no, just pit like, like the, the ones you have outside. <laughs> yeah, like a big, yeah, like a big cauldron just on fire in the middle of your living room. That's not safe. Okay, uh, definitely would not be okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so somewhere between that and a fireplace is okay. Um, yeah, I would. I, mm, I mean, with asbestos, well, I really be careful. I mean, they say it's fine. We've talked about this before. It's like. It's fine if it's in good condition and contained and all this, but I mean, we have so many earthquakes in here. What, what could that potentially do to it or the surrounding containment? Yeah, that's, that's a very good point. Um, in I wouldn't America, feel comfortable. I, I wouldn't do it at all. I I look. I was. I've been researching this in great depth over the last couple of days. I bet. And uh. I found that in in America, any house any house built before nineteen seventy nine, mm. um, there's a ninety plus percent chance that there's asbestos. Yeah, any house renovated or added to after nineteen seventy nine, um, also could contain asbestos up until even as late as two thousand and eleven. 2006 in japan but in america still using asbestos products until 2011 and it could be in bathroom tiles wallpaper yeah Yeah. insulation like all over that that, that's the stat i found on america of course it's the same in many other countries so when i think about for example the apartment building i'm living in right now Mm. Uh, I would say there's a very high chance that there's asbestos in this building. Although, business. I thought your building was newer. 
it was I think 1989. This was oh built. really? Yeah, anything it's a big up till steel 2006. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anything up to 2006 in Japan is when they 2006 is when um, a bunch of uh, factory workers died from yeah uh, asbestos poisoning, and then they really in Osaka, down. right? Yeah, I think it was. I think it yeah. was. <clears throat> yeah. Um, Hmm. The difference, though, I think, between that place and your apartment now is that that place is a little, I don't want to say dilapidated, but it needs work. Yeah. Where the places it, that have the asbestos, especially are the ones that need the work. Yeah. Yeah. So for you, the line is drawn. Any asbestos, leave it alone. Don't even think about it yeah if it's that type that you know is sprayed on and mm -hmm. you couldn't easily remove it or have like it contained perfectly i'd really worry because i like doing diy stuff mm -hmm. too and you've talked to a lot about doing DIY, diy stuff in in that place so that would limit it a lot yeah i mean i'm talking about putting up a shelf Whereas you you built a wall in your house, but yeah, but yeah, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's true. Okay, well let let me bring that. Let me sort of minimize that question to probably something a bit more accessible for most people. Okay. Um, when your child, baby, child has has a bump, so they they slip, they hit the head, you know, they fall. How do you react and how should you react? I so they fall, they hit their head. <laughs> Lately? <laughs> like usually. Yeah, what yeah. Just let out a sigh like ah again. <laughs> again. <laughs> no, I don't react yeah. too much. I've always been been in the camp of uh don't overreact to these things because the kid will they gauge your response to set their response. Yeah. So even yeah, if I so, have a knee jerk reaction, I try to like hold it back and then. Yeah. We don't want to cause more damage with a knee jerk. Do you? That's true. Yeah. You don't want to kick, kick him, him in, in the, the head. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I would probably agree with that. Do you take, hmm. um, do you take special measures in that, in that? So, in our house, we have taken zero special measures. We have no rubber rubber edges to sharp tables uh, or chairs. Like nothing, basically. And it's there's, fine yeah. so far. <laughs> there's a few corners that I've put those little rubber sticky pads on. Just yeah. the corners. And then all of our drawers have those locking mechanisms on them. Um, anything else though? Not really. Um, we've yeah, got just let him suffer. Pillars that we just kind of leave alone. There's a few tables and whatnot, but yeah, just yeah. the the obvious. Like if he runs around a corner and jams his eye into this corner, yeah, it's probably <laughs> not good. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. You have answered my McQuiffy. Excellent. Thank you. And now we're going to turn it over to Justin for Japati. Take her away, Justin. 
I thought for Japanese of the day, today I would discuss the terms that Nico has held on to in Japanese, um, even in the face of all of his American cousins and family members not understanding him. Uh, most of his language has switched over to English, and he's a full-on English boy right now. But the two terms that have stuck with him, one is Dako. If he wants to be held, he walks up to someone and says Dako, regardless of how many times we, we tell him the words hold me or you know hold or anything like that. He he won't get on board with it. So he, he continues to say Dako to everyone. The other word is Oki which means big. Uh, anything big that he sees is oki. There's no way around it. He sometimes says oki big because we, we try to supply him with the word big and that he just wedges them together. But um, those are the two that uh, he will not relinquish. Almost everything else has gone over to the English side. Uh, the word that I was surprised that he, he gave up on was saying kochi, which of course just means this or this one. Um, he picked up on this one and that one since he's been in the United States. So every other phrase out of his mouth now is this one, that one, this one, that one, uh, to indicate what he wants. So that's a little vocabulary learned from our man. Um, it turns out the persistent ones, though, are dako and oki. And the uh, the one that got quickly replaced was kochi. And we're back. As usual, I learned nothing about Japanese. But thank you, no, Justin. I, I thought the word was chapod, but that's Japanese <laughs> of the day. <laughs> um, jokes? Ah, oh, so many. Do you want to okay. go first or shall I? I have two. I How have two. Do you have? Okay. Well, you can take her away then. So, okay, I'll, I'll start. My first one is a Japanese joke. Oh. Um, and it goes like this: Panda no ski na tabemono wa nan desu ka? Bamboo. No. Panda. Huh? It's it's bread. <laughs> oh. So the the joke was for anybody who doesn't speak Japanese. <laughs> what's wrong with you? Um, what what kind of food does a panda <laughs> like to eat? And uh... in Japanese. Pan is bread, like French. Excellent. That it's so panda. It's a, it's a, yeah. It's good. Go. It's good. My panda. Japanese isn't isn't where it should be to understand that. You may have heard by my intonation that I was reading that in Romaji, <laughs> written out in letters. So Excellent. Okay, Mark. I've got a, a simpler one for you. What did the clock ask the watch? Um, why, why are you so small? Okay, don't know. No. How are you doing? How are you doing? Our? Jesus. <laughs> oh. All right. Okay. Thank good. you for the Tough. response to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> next <laughs> should we let justin do one this one goes out to joe it's about knife crime in the uk hilarious topic i just read that in london someone gets stabbed every 52 seconds that poor bastard okay right 
my last joke. I'm reading a book about steel shipbuilding techniques. <laughs> the question, the setups are really funny. <laughs> <laughs> what, me reading a book? I know it's kind of unusual, right? <laughs> On that spe very specific to topic. <laughs> I'm reading a book about steel shipbuilding techniques. It's riveting. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh yeah that's good i like that yeah that could you. apply to so many manufacturing jobs too so it really carries over where, where i'm building from, it's shipbuilding okay ready yep why don't dogs pay taxes for their meals why do dogs pay taxes because they're they're animals they don't they're not able to communicate right <laughs> There's a number of reasons. Very real, so very realistic answer. <laughs> but the actual answer is because they're all under the table. Oh, okay, yeah, that's good. I like that one. I like that one. I like that one. Yeah, nice. Yeah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> and uh, maybe just, Justin. Justin. Next, I was reading a book the other day about an immortal dog. It was impossible to put down. Oh, oh no, that was bad. Oh, I don't know. Okay. Stinky. Well, all right. That'll that'll close us out for the day. So let's get out of oh, here. What do you say? Go. Let's okay. end this. Bye. Thank you for listening. We hope this week's episode was informative and interesting. If you have any questions or comments, please reach out to us either on. Wait, are we still saying Twitter? Yeah, I guess so. Either yeah. on Twitter X at jpops podcast or by email at info at the jpops.com we'll talk to you next and, time uh, tune into ishikawa see oh shameless plug yes okay yeah. bye pizza time